Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources. Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow a Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab code to see how Follow a Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab code. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Coat Agents podcast. And it is a great pleasure today to once again get to interview somebody that I don't know a lot about, so I'm going to have a heck of a lot of questions for him. We're going to be talking to somebody today whose career started with a military background. He was in the Army, and we'll let him tell us more about that, which then led into a very, very successful sales career in the automotive industry, which has now led him uh, to become the owner and founder of a company called Professional Success South. And what, to be honest, intrigued me uh, to wanting to interview this gentleman today is uh, some of the topics that he specializes in, one of them being displaying and having and showing confidence. And we're going to dive a heck of a lot deeper into that, but I wanted to mention that up front because if you're listening today, I do believe this is a very underrated and under-talked about topic that I'm really excited to dive deep with our guest today on the Lab Code Agents podcast, Bill Kurzija. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Thank you, Jeff. Good. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Bill, thank you so much for being here today. Again, owner and founder of Professional Success South. So I, I'm going to assume that our audience obviously has not heard of you or doesn't know who you are. So why don't you tell us who you are and a lot deeper about your background than what I just gave them? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me today. And uh, let me see, where, did, where do I start? I, I, I go all the way back to my high school. Uh, a lot of people try to either really relive, relive high school or forget high school, right? So my high school journey started uh, with me being shy, not wanting to answer questions, not wanting to try and, uh, you know, exert any type of notice to myself, right? So I just wanted to get through it, get, get out of it and move on. Well, that didn't always happen the way you wanted it to do, right? So I always felt awkward and just didn't feel like I fit, fit in, right? And I didn't understand why at the time and always hindsight, you know? So now I understand why. But after high school, I, I tried college, went to Penn State for a little bit, just wasn't ready for college at that point in my life. Uh, transitioned to a tech school and then into the United States military as a mechanic. At this time, I was being forced to come out of my shell a little bit uh, communicate more with people, get to know p people better and things like that. And then in the military, you have no choice, right? You're, you're pretty much told what to do, when to do, how to do it. Uh, you're put in situations where you need to lead no matter what position you are or rank that you are in the military at the time. And I found that I really enjoyed it. It made me feel comfortable because I was starting to understand what it was to communicate, how to communicate and it started to give me confidence in becoming a better communicator and a leader. 
So I moved up pretty quickly in the military to the position of corporal and then sergeant. And after my eight-year career, I decided to transition into the retail automotive industry. Now, it's a big difference from, you know, going from the military, strict discipline, you know, clear chain of command, rules, everything that's expected into the, the automotive industry, retail business, right? It's pretty much a, you know, figure it out on your own type of scenario. Well, I enjoyed the communication with the consumers. I struggled a little bit with the communication between the leadership and the management and the other employees, right? The other salespeople. But I learned how to apply the discipline and the process that I learned in the military to this industry that I was in at the time. And I ended up becoming pretty successful at it to the point where I moved up into finance and management positions and eventually general manager of a couple different locations. And now 15 or so years later, I found myself looking to, you know, make a change, see something different and really looking for what did I love? What did I enjoy? What was my passion? Right. And I found that it was the, the training, coaching and leading people through, you know, just working within them. I found that a lot of people have the ability to be successful, but they just didn't know what it took to get there. They thought they knew. And then I created these processes and courses where it really helps people build confidence. And when people say, well, how can you do that? Well, I figured out that we gain confidence through our knowledge. So when you, you hear someone speak and they're, they're very to the point and you, you feel that they know what they're talking about, it's because they do. They've studied it. They've practiced it. They've applied it. And that's what gives them that confidence. They speak with conviction. And a lot of people don't really understand that until afterwards or it's explained to them. We're not taught that, right? We're not taught in high school how to communicate. We're not taught the importance of learning something and then applying it. And that's really what my, my past five plus years and the reason why I started this company was to educate people and help them achieve their goals by going back to the roots and teaching them confidence in communication. I love it. I love it. And, and before we go, go too deep down that, uh, there's one other uh, selfish thing that I want to point <laughs> out uh, from your bio. And, and also I noticed, and it just it sparked my memory, because I see you're running uh, medals behind you. And I'm also oh. a runner and, and, and have aspiration. I've, I've done marathons and, and whatnot. And, and I'm, I'm also looking to, to get into doing triathlons just because it's a new challenge, right? And I noticed right. that you have become, or you're training to become a triathlete, to become the number one ranked triathlete in your age group, which I think is fascinating. I bring this up for, for two reasons. One, selfish reasons, I admit, I admit it. Uh, whenever, whenever there's <laughs> sports involved, I always want to talk about it just for a second. Uh, but, but also, one of the things that I learned uh, years ago when I started, and this, I would say it was probably in the last 10 years when like coaching and and, and mentors and obviously social media and, and you start paying attention to all these personalities, uh, which fortunately or unfortunately, I've now become one, obviously you're one and, and, and everybody's an expert, right? And I, I right. mock that because I feel like I can because I'm one of the people that people listen to, right? But one common thread with the people that I really enjoyed following and successful people was that they always aspired for something more physically. 
Uh, Jesse Itzler is one of my biggest heroes who I follow in this regard. Uh, Jack Daly was another one. Both of them ultra super athletes. And I don't know that necessarily they were amazing athletes as much as it was they just wanted to do something more. Right. And I think there's something inherent inside of successful people that makes them want that. So first of all, how are you doing on your journey to becoming a triathlete? And, and are, are you going for Ironman status, I assume? Uh, and, and then two, what is, you know, what is your comments on, on just that, that, that mindset? Okay, so great. I, I, I love it. I love talking about this because so, it is a, a goal of mine. And I turned 46 this year. When I was 44, looking at, it was right around this time of, of year that I was looking at turning 45, right? And I was thinking, okay, you know, what, what is it that I want to accomplish? You know, you start reflecting and looking back and not that you're, you feel like you're getting too old or, but you don't feel like you're too young anymore either. And I, you know, we have four children and they're getting older and I want to be running around and playing with my grandchildren too, eventually. So I, how do I do that and apply myself to be healthy? Now, I'll be honest in the, in the automotive industry and everything, you know, grabbing what you can eat and not working out, not being physical. I went from, you know, great physical shape in the military to, you know, I put on a lot of weight and I just wasn't in the shape that I was in when I left the military. So I, I made a decision that I wanted to get healthy. And for me, I like to apply something that I'm passionate about in conjunction, right? So it's easy to say, I just want to go on a diet and lose weight, right? Everybody wants to do that and say that, but I, I picked sports. I, I, I've always enjoyed sports. I used to cycle all the time when I was younger and running in the military goes hand in hand. I just wasn't a swimmer. So, but I, I was always fascinated with triathletes because it's like the ultimate, right? You can go out there and, and compete in three different sports consecutively. And so I started looking into it. And the first thing I needed, I knew what, what I needed to do was I needed to get a professional. So I ended up hiring a coach to help me with this. And um, I still work with him. And I didn't know how to swim, right? Like I, I would describe the people. I grew up in Philadelphia. Yes, we went to the Jersey Shore, but that's oceans. You jump in waves. You don't swim, right? So I learned how to not drown. So I knew I could go in a pool and not sink to the bottom. I knew how to, to stay above water, but I didn't know how to consistently and, and that process. And I love process. So once, once he started teaching me how to apply and the techniques within swimming, it really, really got me going. So now that's my goal is to, to do that. It, and the journey has been, I, I completed five triathlons last year, started with a, a sprint mm -hmm. version, a couple sprints versions and then I worked my way up into a an Olympic distance uh, I haven't competed in an official Ironman I've, I've been that was my goal for this year and then obviously we all know what what's going on and all those events have been put on hold I do virtual ones at this point so I train every day that's why it's this isn't too early for me I, I normally get up at four between four and four thirty because if I'm cycling there's no cars on the road things like that it makes it a lot easier Plus, I find that that physical exertion really takes all the thoughts and everything that's bouncing around in your head and put it in a, a streamline, almost like an orderly fashion and helps bring clarity. So it really helps me on a daily basis. Now, I would love to be number one in the world, right? I mean, that's 
a passion for most athletes when they, they go after a sport or an activity, but I have to be realistic too. And, you know, they break it into age groups, which, which makes it nice. So yes, the goal is Ironman and the goal is to be ranked in the, the high positions of my age group. So I love it. I love it. And, and you and I didn't realize this about each other, but we have a lot of that exact same thing in common. Uh, and there's a, there's a couple things you said right there. And that is, I've taken a lot of, I take grief, not just kind of teasing because of being a runner. I actually, I set a goal in 2018 to run 2018 miles, which was, was a, was a hell of a physical feat. Uh, but what I realized was it was more the discipline and the strategy of first getting past the pain. And once you got past the pain, figure out how you have to strategize to get your miles every day so you don't injure yourself. And I did accomplish it. I did it over 2035. Nice. But the reason I did it, because I, I asked, I, and I think people might be thinking this right now, is, <laughs> is why would you do something so stupid other than pride, other than just wanting to do something crazy? But part of it was because uh, of being in a leadership role. And I wanted to show people that, like, look, if anything you put your mind to and you create the discipline around doing, you can overcome it. Right. And so if I can do something like this, I wanted to use it in the context with my people, with my employees to say, you know, you can pick up that phone that weighs 100 pounds and, and prospect another, you know, for, for another lead. Or you can right. do that thing that makes you uncomfortable by getting in front of the camera. And for me, I know this is purely an opinion. You probably agree with me, Bill, is that physical activity and, and diet and, and being healthy that is like the cornerstone that is that is, is the foundation for building success in the rest of your life whether it's family whether it's spiritual whether it's you know in your, in your work life in your career uh, if you can successfully be healthy odds are because it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of effort to do that right you'll probably that all that carries over into your professional career and uh, I, I didn't actually even mean to go down this path. It's just kind of leads into the confidence thing. But I, I enjoy it. Mean, you can tell I'm passionate about it. And um, right. obviously, I assume you agree. But when so when it comes to coaching, and, and because you do some of that and you teach salespeople, do you ever use any of that context? Or is it just me that likes to take the, that piece and tie the two together? No, absolutely. I apply everything that I can. You know, I don't, I've never been a person that that believed in do what I say, not as I do, right? So leaders and leadership is a, is a question that comes up all the time. And I'm a believer of lead from within, not, not from above. And if I'm going to ask you to do anything, and this is why I was successful in the military, if I'm going to ask you to dig a hole, guess who's going to be digging a hole right next to you? It's going to be me. And I'm going to try to beat you. <laughs> and, and, and that was the type of leadership that I had when I first started. I had first sergeants and sergeant majors and you know their goal was to to show that they could run that two miles faster than me and they were 20 years older than me and that always stuck with me to this to this day you know what a little side note I you know I, I use a Garmin and one of the things I like about the Garmin is it shows your vo2 max which is your your uh activity and where you rank and it's you know I'm, I'm turning 46 but it says I I'm at 35, right? The age of a 35-year-old. Well, my goal is to try and get that even lower, right? Because really what drives is, is competition and success. And it's not competition with others. It's, I found that it's competition with yourself. 
and that mental that mental state that yeah it sounds crazy to do a triathlon it sounds crazy to go out there and you know i've talked about ultra marathons and i've talked about uh ride across america bike across america i would love to get on a bike and go across and i don't want to just do it i want to be competitive in it against the other teams and you know people, you're crazy and it, it's it's more the mental challenge as much as the physical challenge because you know mentally you can overcome a lot of physical so and people don't realize that a lot of times and sometimes they just need to be shown that you know yeah i'm 46 and you know i can do things at 46 that people say oh you're too old for it and things like that no we are never too old we can accomplish what we put our minds to one million percent. I'm 43 for the record. And so it's, yeah, we're in the same vicinity and, and I agree right. best, best shape of my life hands down, but I do believe there is a correlation. And that's the point I want to make to everyone is there is a correlation here. And for those of you, cause we're, we're going to get into the, the confidence mindset. And, and, and I, I think the context here is, and I know a lot of anybody who follows me and, and, and is kind of in my sphere knows this about me. And it's really fun for me when somebody reaches out and said, you know, you inspired me. I just lost 50 pounds or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that you're making an impact on their life. And not only do you know it's going to make an impact on their career, it's making an impact on their life and probably giving them more years yeah. on that life and more quality years. And, and that's what we yeah. want to continue to convey uh, here at, at on, on our podcast. This is a real estate podcast, but as everybody knows, we're not always going to just talk real estate strategy. We're going to talk mindset stuff too, and that's where we're going today. So with that said, uh, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording, uh, I would argue uh, that real estate, and I can say this because I'm in it, you know, a lot of real estate professionals, both real estate and mortgage, you don't go to school to become a real estate agent or a mortgage professional. That's just not what you do. You just, the career ends up finding you or maybe your family did it and that's why you do it. Uh, in other words, I don't think people, most real estate professionals, and maybe there's, there's I'm sure there's some exceptions, that go into this and think of themselves as a salesperson, right? They, they, they don't, they just get into it because it's, it allows flexibility. There's a fairly low barrier to entry. It's attainable. You can be, you know, you can be accountable to yourself. You can work as hard or as little as you want, uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. So with that said, I think that there is a epidemic in our industry of a lack of sales mentality, AKA a lack of confidence. And you, you mentioned it in the very beginning, of, of how you convey, how you speak. And, 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 I, and I call it owning your value propositions. Like you need to own your value. If you own your value, it's easy to convey it. And that comes with confidence. So how do you teach confidence? How do you get somebody to become confident and to understand confidence? Yes, absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I have, I, I have a lot of real estate friends and clients, uh, clients that become friends. And be, because what I focus on is communication and how to communicate. And it is such a key part of life, right? You, you had mentioned that a lot of real estate agents tend to get into the industry and they don't realize that it involves sales. Well, I'll argue to say that many people get into life and they don't realize that life is sales, okay? We, we, we shy away from the term sales because we think of it as, oh, someone's taking advantage of someone or many different things. And in reality, 
you're you're selling yourself on a college interview. You're selling yourself on a job interview uh, to your future significant other. There's many times that you are working in the aspect of sales, but you don't realize it. So how do we gain confidence and become better at it? And really, that that just comes down to learning how to communicate, learning how to listen, learning what to say, how to say. Many people don't know that there are pillars to communication, empathy, and assertiveness, and all these different things that when you combine them, you have confidence in communicating. And then you add the topic on top of it. So in, in this case, it would be real estate. So you need to learn how to communicate first, and then you need to learn everything you can about that topic. So we start with just laying out the foundation. Confidence is gained through knowledge, okay? We don't, going through grade school, high school, college, there's communication courses, but that usually involves uh, radio, TV, writing, different things like that, not necessarily just normal communication. And we need to educate from an early age. Now, if you didn't get that, it's okay. Like I said earlier, at any age, you can learn anything as long as you apply yourself to it. So learning how and what to do, and then there's a lot of different type of techniques and just little games and different things you can do that help you gain confidence and knowledge within those fields, and then applying it. So in real estate, I always talk about, you know, you need to know your market, you need to know your customer base, you need to learn everything. If you're selling in, I'm in San Diego, if you're selling in this particular particular neighborhood or a couple neighborhoods, you need to know everything. Get out there, go interview to shop owners, go to the schools. You need to know everything you can about it. Because when you talk to someone, a potential uh, client, resident, that's going to move there and you're going to sell them their home or list someone's home, you need to know everything you can about the area. So when you speak to it, you speak with confidence because knowledge gives you that conviction, right? You, you run. If I ask you questions about running, you're going to know what to tell me because you've experienced it and you, you know it. So really, that's how we gain the confidence. But no one's ever taught us that, right? We've had to figure it out on our own. Yeah, I like that. So let me, let me ask you a question, and you're not, you weren't expecting this question, so I'm curious to see how you answer it. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to, and I'll give you an example, uh, because you say, you know, understanding your field. So in this case, real estate. And so I'm imagining that a real estate agent listening to this right now who might struggle with this confidence or might say, yeah, I'm, I don't own my value props, is thinking to themselves, when I think about what I need to own, it's market data. It's, you know, what is, uh, what is the market doing? Is it up? Is it down? What are the average home sale prices? What's going on in the industry in, ter- in terms of regulation and with contracts and things like that? Uh, which to me is more the obvious. Right. But if somebody says, you know, that to me, it's just no different than mortgage. I'm in mortgage and, and I, I tease people all the time and say most mortgage professionals do the same thing. They, they call up their realtors. They say, let me take you out for a cup of coffee. And then they want to talk about themselves. They want to talk about uh, the programs that they have. They want to talk about how they can provide marketing or they want to talk about how their rates are competitive. There's no differentiating characteristics in that. Just like, not that you, sh- not that I'm de- diminishing it, because that's all. Like you should do that. You should know the market data. You should know Absolutely. what your subdivision, you know, what homes are selling for in your subdivision. 
my opinion though is that that is an expected trait and it's not a differentiating trait. And so when it comes to having confidence or value propositions for real estate, um, and I, I realize you're not prepared for this, what is something you would suggest to a realtor? So I, let's just say I'm a realtor and I call you and say, you know what, I listen to you on the podcast. I want you to coach me. I love your mindset. Uh, let's start right out of the gate. What's something that I should own? What's an example of something I should own to display confidence as in me as a realtor? Well, all that information is extremely important. It's more about how you apply it, right? So what you should own is how you communicate with the client. Okay, so a lot of salespeople, a lot of, we'll call them all salespeople, right? Real estate agents, yeah. anything that you're, you're doing, right? Because that's exactly what you are. One, a lot of salespeople want to talk, like you said, about themselves. They want to say, oh, this is great. That is great. This is why you want to be here. But they never stop and say, what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you want? How do you want to experience? What, what was the thing that had you start looking in San Diego? What about it? You know, really the questions, the interview. It's so important to make the, the person that you're, you're working with, the client, the focus and not the neighborhood, not the area. And that's what you need to own as being, and it doesn't matter. It's not a product, right? It's not something that, you know, you can go find in a book. It's a practice. It's something that you need to work with yourself at first. Uh, I always, you know, we talk to ourselves. Okay. Uh, I wear a suit and tie whenever I'm with clients and I'm tying my tie. I'm practicing. Hello. How are you today? All my, my welcomes, my greetings, everything. And then you move on to your family members, people you trust, and then you work with your colleagues and it's, it's practicing. Okay. And that's what gives you that confidence. Don't wait until you're in front of a client to say things for the first time and to understand how it works and what the responses are. Actually practice that role playing and things like that. It sounds like something that, you know, when you're going through an elementary school or a middle school, but in reality, doing the uncomfortable things and getting comfortable with it will give you the confidence in every situation. Okay. But really, I would love to say that there's one thing to own. It's really owning the focus of it's not about you, it's about them. I love that. I love that. And I think one thing that I would add to what you said was, is also that conviction. And that conviction comes, or eloquence, right? You're not stumbling through what you're saying to them. That eloquence or conviction displays confidence and that goes back to practice. So if you just try to wing it, if you're not a, a wordsmith or a silver-tongued individual, as, as some of us get called occasionally, which most aren't, right? You're just not, that's not natural. Right. I, and I, in fact, I don't think right. I'm natural. It's just a lot and lot of practice. Uh, it yeah. just comes easier to me, right? But I wasn't born that way. I fumbled all the time when I was younger in sales. But I think you hit it on the nose is really, it's just simply practicing but let's get a little bit deeper on that and more tactical to say and I'll, I'll give an example we talked about how and I, again I don't mean to diminish the stats and the data because that's a that's a no-brainer you have to know that if you're right. in real estate you better know that what I'm saying is you should have more than that and so uh, maybe it's maybe it's being the community expert we talk about being a digital mayor or, or a local celebrity uh, but really knowing the history of landmarks in your area, really knowing and getting to know and understanding the business owners, 
by going out and doing interviews. So then you become the community expert and then you just, you deliver that content out to your sphere on social. And now all of a sudden you're elevating your status and your confidence, right? And that's another mm-hmm. way to do it. Any, anything else to add to that or anything, any suggestions that you would give to a realtor? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. That's you, you, taking those steps. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, and she's actually my real estate agent. Uh, that's exactly, I've seen her progression over the past uh, eight or nine years go from shy and reserved and helping out her friends to inter- social, you hit the nail on the head, interviewing the, show, the, the store owners and the shop owners on her social media. Because we live in a society where you can put everything you know and why it, it, it's sales is not about the product. They're going to purchase a home. Okay. But they are going to purchase from someone they care about. They trust, they believe in, they feel safe. Okay. We don't use the word safe enough. It's a, it's a safety. I feel safe with this person. I feel that they're, they're concerned about my best interests. So if you can make someone feel safe, then they open up. And when they open up, they want to, they, they will find a way to work with you. And that is the goal. The goal isn't, yeah, the stats, but when we talk about confidence, all those things build. It's the foundation that builds that confidence. The ultimate goal is to have safety and have people feel safe with you and want to do whatever it takes to work with you. Yes. Totally agree. So let's let's take uh, let's take this one step further. I think we've talked about confidence. I think people can understand that that really building in that practice, finding your neat niches, finding your the the content above and beyond the uh, market data, but beyond the right. beyond the business data is also very important. Uh, but when when we talk about you know making a sale, and and it's it, and I'm I'm just going to take this straight off of of your bio sheet. Uh, where you you have a sample question of what is the anatomy of a sale? I'm curious to hear how you would answer that question as it relates uh, to real estate and why it's so important to a real estate agent. Well, like like anything in life, you you know, I, I refer to brushing your teeth, right? If you can't brush your teeth if you don't put the toothpaste on it first, right? So how how do we do things, right? We do them in steps, and we do it every day, and if there's a formula to everything. So anatomy to a sale is really, you know, you have your meet and greets and and just walking through the process. And I've touched on it a bunch of times now, and it's really about the interview. Okay. And that's the step that people just leap over. They go right from hello, this is my name, this is who you are to the product. Right. And instead of taking your time, slowing down and really applying attention to what that person or people or, or however it is, are, what are their desires, their wants and needs? What do they enjoy? Are they a runner? Is, is it important to be close or areas that they can, you know, running paths or cycling or get into all the, you want to come up with the, the questions that they haven't thought of. You know, I didn't really think about that. Yes, that is important to me. And how do you do that? You do that by slowing down and really digging into uh, them and questions about them and what their wants and desires are and needs and what they do for a living, for, per se, and not just work, but in life. Which, which goes back to uh, the all-important uh, asking questions and listening. 
you know, you, you may not have mm-hmm. something in common with your customer, right? They might, you may not, you could, you might, let's, we'll keep stay on this, on this topic. Don't, don't lose sight <laughs> because the topic of is running, but you may have zero interest in running, but your right. client does, but that doesn't have to be divisive. What you can do is, is ask a lot of questions because you don't know a lot about it. The odds are you're not going to know a lot about the hobbies and, and the interests of your client. So ask a lot of questions and use it as an opportunity to learn, because when you do that, even if you're only asking for the sake of playing the game, uh, it makes the client feel very special and they love to talk about their passions. And so you just strengthen that relationship, right? It just makes the, it it just solidifies you as their professional and makes them love you even more, even though you can't relate and offer anything to the conversation, but keep asking questions. Absolutely. And and ultimately that's what, that's what creates the anatomy of the sale, right? That, that bond. And that's what's overlooked is the bond part. Everybody thinks it's all about the transaction. It's all about the, they, ha- they, want, they want X and I'm going to supply X. And that's what they're, when X really is the whole experience. Yes, 100%. Okay, so let's continue down this conversation. And uh, you mentioned earlier about, and this is so true in real estate, and, and I truly believe it, like you're not actually almost ever selling a house. I mean, yes, you are in, in right? But at the end of the day, you don't get the opportunity to sell any houses unless you sell yourself. And so how do you describe the difference between selling oneself versus selling a product? That's where, you know, really the confidence comes in and the safety, the believability, uh, you know, I've heard terms fake it till you make it and, and things like that. Well, you know, as people, we are drawn to people that are authentic. Okay. And that's one of the pillars of communication is authenticity. So I, I stress and stress and stress always come from a position of truth. If you don't know something or don't understand something, say that because as human beings, that's all we want to know. We want to know that, okay, well, you don't know that, but I will find out for you or whatever it is. So really how you sell yourself in the beginning is just by being yourself a hundred percent and don't be something that you're not. If you don't specialize in commercial and they're interested in commercial, well, then be open and upfront with that. Hey, listen, this isn't what this isn't my expertise. I don't want to steer you down the wrong path, but I can answer as many questions as I can. And if I cannot answer, I will get the information for you. But then listen, if you you don't give them that information, you just lied to them. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see with salespeople across all spectrums is they say something, they promise something, and then they don't deliver or they don't deliver right away. Oh, I have a pet peeve with, I'll be back in a second. Okay. Nothing takes a second. Okay. Slow down. Say, listen, this is going to take me about 15, 20 minutes to dig in and find the information. So why don't you give me about 20, 30 minutes to get you the information and I'll get back to you at that time. Be set the expectation before we started this, we talked about time length and different things. So I have a clear idea of what is expected during this conversation or whatnot, right? And that, that, that makes me, my guard come down and makes me feel comfortable. So do all these things in the beginning, because in the beginning, you are the product. The house isn't, the property isn't, the neighborhood isn't. It's all about you, because if they don't feel that safety and they don't feel like you are going to be there for them, 
then they're just going to say, thank you very much. And you'll never, you can call a thousand times. You're just getting voicemail. So be the person that they want to be around. Yeah. I think setting the proper expectations is so critical because I think a lot of salespeople, especially weak ones, and, and you know who you are, if you're hearing me say this, um, <laughs> is that you feel like you need to tell the customer what they want to hear in order to win the sale. But in actuality, your honesty uh, is it will go much farther than like you just said. Obviously, I'll, I'll be back or I'll, I'll get back to you in a sec is, is an expression. But a lot of times right. you'll say, I'll get back to you in an hour and then you don't have your answer. And all of a sudden it's a day later, you've lost a lot of respect at that point. So set a proper expectation. And my advice to my salespeople is under promise over deliver. I mean, we've all heard that expression, but if, if you know it's going to take six hours ish, a half a day to probably get the answer you need because you don't have it. So first of all, somebody asks a question and you don't know the answer. Don't be afraid to be honest and say, and maybe you can embellish a little bit, just be like, you know what, the guidelines, the rules change all the time. Let me go check with one of my experts, my broker, my, my underwriter, whatever, uh, just to double check it, right? But I'll get back to you and I will have an answer to you by the end of the day, full well knowing you'll probably get back to them in two hours, but you set the expectation for them to not hear from you until maybe five or six o'clock, but you get back to them at two o'clock. You just over delivered and now you're winning. It's yeah. that, it's really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but it's, it's that easy. <laughs> It's really that easy. Oh, just just 100%. Stop, being, stop being afraid of giving them an answer that you're afraid they don't want to hear because that's not it. That's that's okay, right? That's okay to tell them the the facts and the reality that you're not that you don't know you're not omni everything. You don't know everything, right? Um, <laughs> as long as you deliver, as long as you deliver. Awesome. So so when it comes to uh, when it comes to again real estate is very specific. And I think a lot of people, and, and some people might have even said this to themselves and muttered this to themselves as they're listening to this, and they're, they're thinking to themselves, I'm not a salesman. And, and in <laughs> fact, I, I'll say this, I've because uh, I've heard people say this before, uh, and no disrespect to the industry, but I'm not a car salesman, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, you know how that down. goes. And, Absolutely. And so, but, but the reality is, okay, so yes, car sales probably gets a bad rap. Maybe it's mm -hmm. justified, maybe it isn't, but there's a lot of real estate professionals that are, do act like car salesmen, right? And so for, for the person who's sitting out there right now, thinking to themselves, I'm not a salesman, I'm a realtor. Uh, how, how would you respond to that and kind of shift their mindset to convincing them that actually you are a salesman and you probably should change the way you think to become a better realtor? Absolutely. So, you know, I would, I would ask them to walk me through the path. Tell me, tell me what you do not like about a salesperson, okay? What are the expectations? What are the experiences that you've had? Okay, now let's walk through what you are currently doing. And, and, and a lot of times they, they teach themselves, right? And, and that's so important to me because I can sit up here all day long and tell you and lecture you and you read from a, a, a whiteboard or, or all different things, right? But until you make that choice, you flip the switch in your head and understand that, hey, that is me, you know, then you're not going to make a change, right? So I really just walk them through, okay, what is this typical experience? What don't you want? What do you want? And, you know, then they start to go, you know what? I mean, I, that is me, right? Sometimes they find out that they are the, the, the cliche car salesperson, Right because they they go straight from the hello to the product and that's not what they like 
All right. Walk me through what a car sales experience has been for you. Right. And they, they will find out that it is extremely streamlined and close to the process of purchasing a home or purchasing a TV or any other item that we purchase or just meeting someone for the first time. You know, we make assumptions based upon, you know, appearance and so on and so forth. A lot of people don't realize that uh, communication is 93% nonverbal. It's only 7% verbal. Okay, we're 55% body language and 38% tone and inflection and in how we, we use our verbal. So how do you present yourself when you pull up to a client? What, do, what does it look like when you get out of your vehicle and you're walking up? What, what is your appearance? How do you dress? Do you dress for the community? Do you, you know, there's a whole lot of things that go into it. And once I start talking about and that those things, they realize, you know what? It is sales. You know, it is a, a, a form of sales. Yes, it, you don't want to be the, the cliche car salesperson. Heck, I, I'm a car salesperson for many years. I don't want to be the cliche car salesperson. That's why I work so hard not to be. I, I want to be the car guy. Because you'll see with people that are not in certain industries, they have different terms, right? Oh, that's a salesperson. That's my car guy, right? Because that's the guy they trust. And that's what you want to be. That's, you know, that, you don't want to be, that's my real estate agent. You want to be, that's, that's my property guy. That's, that's the guy that, that helps me, you know, find these homes and different things or whatever it is that they're into. It's almost like you want to be the, uh, A, you want to be a relationship expert, but B, you want to be the go-to. You just want to be the go-to for yeah. all things real estate. That's my real estate person. That's my real estate guy or gal. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, and, and you mentioned that's you want to be the person that everyone knows, likes, and trusts, right? So you build the celebrity yeah. so they know you. Uh, you display authenticity so they like you. And then they work with you and you deliver, which then builds the trust. And that's what you want to do. That's yeah. kind of the, the cycle, right? Isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I love it. I love it. So uh, with all of this said, and I hope this has been helpful for our audience, it's a little bit different path. It's almost more psychological than, than anything. And I, I didn't intend it to be that way. But uh, I do think that this is, you know, primitive and so many lights, but I think it's, it's important for, for everyone. I don't care if you're a, a brand new realtor or a super experienced realtor, like you always got to stop, pull yourself back every once in a while, look in the mirror and, and realize how do I need to shift? How, how, how can I be better? Because you can't ever stop getting better. You can't ever stop improving, right? It doesn't matter if you're top of your right. game. I don't care if you're the number one agent in San Diego, uh, which I, I know him well, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I know why he's so great because he's always wanting to continue to evolve and improve. He's already reached the pinnacle. He can't go any higher, but he wants to keep raising the bar on his service and on the experience and all those sorts of things. And that's the way everybody should look at it. Uh, so, so with all of that said, uh, Bill, this has been fantastic. It's been a great conversation. Uh, I'm sure you and I could talk all day long just about training for triathlons <laughs> and, and whatnot. But what what would you offer, kind of as as in closing, or as just some final advice for our audience? You know, just just like you said, it's it's about improving and and so on and so forth. A, a lot of people, and I, I tell my kids this, and and follow what you enjoy, what you love, your passions. Right? It's easy. I, I know there. They're the terms of the day, you follow your passion and so on and so forth. But we don't live in the society that my parents grew up as far as go get the job in the mailroom, work your way up, get the gold watch, 50 years, 
projects, whatever it is, retirement. That's not how our world operates now. You have, we have unique opportunities to, to expand on what we love and, and enjoy. And what we have found is when you do something that you love and enjoy, you just mentioned your, your friend, it's not, he doesn't look at it as a job. He looks at it as that's who he is, right? And people say, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I don't say what I do for a living. I say who I am, right? And I don't care if it's, it's Sunday or Saturday. I'm not a workaholic. I, I, I talk about what I, I love. And if you find that and you recognize that, then that's what you're going to be successful at. And you, you may be in real estate for one reason. Like, oh, I just want to sell houses. I, I, you know, it, it looks like a great career. I can make a good living at it. But in order to be extremely successful at it, find out if that's your passion and, and why is it your passion, right? And then apply that and, and you'll be extremely successful at whatever you do. And you may find that real estate may not be your passion. This might not be the path and that's okay too. Again, you can flip the switch at any age and change careers and be successful at whatever it is you apply yourself to. I love that. And I'll use myself as an example based on what you just said. I can promise you this mortgage isn't my passion, but it's a vehicle, right? It's, it's, I've thought about switching careers many times, but it's a very good vehicle that allows me uh, to feed my family and provide a great life. And I think real estate can be the same thing. What I've done is figured out what are my passions. And like you just said, like spin it back. My passions are fitness and exercising. My passions are video. My passion is social media. I've found new passions that I've brought back to my career and you all can do the same thing. You might be thinking to yourself, well, I love cooking. How do I bring that back? Well, you deliver more content to your audience around your passions, which allows them to get to know, like, and trust you even more, which sucks them into your content more, which makes them remember you more. That's the name of the game. Um, Absolutely. So good. No, you, you just mentioned cooking and we talked about how do you separate yourself if, if you're a real estate agent, you love cooking. I would do cooking videos about kitchens. You, you know, kitchens are so important. And if and that, that would be it. That would be if you love cooking as much as I do and kitchens are important to me. Why don't you check out this amazing kitchen? You know, I mean, there's just so many ways that you can take what you love and apply it. And then people are like, man, I, that relates. Yeah. You're not going to sell everyone. Everybody thinks I have to close everyone. No, you do not have to. You be you and the people that are you're supposed to work with will gravitate towards you. And then you'll, you'll, you'll build better relationships. You'll close more deals and your customers will, and clients will be extremely happy. Yeah, I love that. I, not, not to go down this rabbit hole, but I love what you just said about that. It's like you could actually build content when you go into a new listing or you go into a home and you focus, you know, you show the whole house, but you focus on the kitchen and you tell your audience, imagine this, you know, like, and it doesn't matter if it's a big kitchen, a small kitchen. It's like, this is what I would do in here. If like, if you have that, you know, you have that expertise, you, if you have that creative mindset of this is what I think about cooking right now, man, you're going to suck your audience in. Even people like me, I'm, but I can, I'm just thinking about it. Like I would watch that video just because I want to, I want to kind of dream with them, right? Um, yep. We just yeah. gave we just gave our audience a great idea. So somebody hopefully will <laughs> run with that uh, because that's, yeah, a, I love that's it. a cool idea. Well, this has been awesome, Bill. I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time today. So if our if our audience uh, wants to get to know you more, wants to find more out about you, what's the best place a to find you and b uh, to get in touch with you? Uh, my my website's a perfect spot. It's Professional Success South. 
com, and everything's listed there any social media anything that i do and my direct number so on and so forth awesome uh if if you had to say which which social media platform are you the most active on i'm a big facebook and instagram awesome. you know to kind of go one and one and one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Perfect. Awesome. And that's where most real estate professionals are as well. So it's easy to find him again. It's professional success uh, Go check bill out. If you are into physical activity, I think it's another fun person to follow. I know I'm probably going to, because yeah. uh, we'd like to, and I, you know, I, get, I find inspiration through others. And yes. uh, hopefully there's more people just like me. So, Bill, again, thank you so much for being on today. This has been an awesome conversation. We really appreciate it. And, um, and I wish you all the best of success in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Espresso Agent. The key to success in real estate is confidence, especially when it comes time to call prospects. Espresso Agent gives you that confidence with the best for sale by owners and expired contacts delivered directly to your inbox seven days a week. Up to 90% of our contacts have phone numbers and the most cell phone numbers on the market. Every day, you can dial with confidence when you dial with Espresso Agent. Visit EspressoAgent.com forward slash lab code agents. Podcasts.